You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that hates to be tear gassed. Now a lot of things happened over the week, some good, some bad, and some were absolutely unbelievably terrible. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. With me to discuss this are Karami Kamil. Hi guys. And Nicholas John. What's up guys? Obviously, we are talking about what happened to Ziad Zokifli at the Tokyo Paralympics. It seemed like he was on course to have a fairy tale ending. He was competing in the shot put. He won the gold medal and set a new record on our national day. But instead of your typical fairy tale ending, it turned out to be more like one from the Brothers Grimm. Is that too obscure a reference? Anyway, um, after that, he was disqualified on a technicality. Um, he and uh, two other athletes uh, arrived late at the call center. A protest was lodged by Ukraine, and um, he was disqualified. He had the medal stripped, and um, the world record was not recognized. I think it was really, really unfortunate because he did so well. You know, to, to, to go out there and set a new world record, to win the gold, and then to have it taken away from him right at the end there. As an athlete, I think that he did everything that he was supposed to do. You know, he go out there, push 100%, give everything you got. He did all that, but then, as, as they say. And what was even more upsetting was that this whole fiasco could have been avoided. You know, it was something that happened off the field, not, not a mistake he made on the field or anything like that. You know, so it, it, it stung like, to, to see the result. I agree with Nick. He did everything he could. He did everything well while watching it live on TV, right? Ziad's reaction, I think he knew that he had little chance of counter-protesting the protest, if you get what I mean. Mm. So definite, definitely heartbreaking for him, especially for him and for us Malaysians. And I was watching Arena. They were interviewing his wife. His wife was like really, really concerned about his his condition there. Uh, she said that he doesn't react really well with, with adversity. So tough, tough day for, for us Malaysians. According to a statement from the Youth and Sports Ministry, um, this is how it turned out. Ziad was on the training track when the call to go to the centre happened. It was raining and there was a packed crowd there. That caused the delay. Now, I'm not sure, but to me, that sounds like a justifiable reason, don't you think? Well, justifiable reason, one, but then also at the same time, you can sort of like counter that and say that, well, the rules are there, you know, the, the rules are the rules. If you say you need to be there at like, say, five o'clock, then you need to be there at five. But I think what a lot of people are not happy about is that they actually let him compete while all this was going on, you know? And they let him go out there and win the gold and set a new world record and then at the end, you say, ah, no, no, actually, you didn't win anything. If there really was an offense committed, if there really was wrongdoing, then right from the start, DNS, you don't start, you're disqualified, and you know we, we would have avoided this whole fiasco. I agree, but speaking on technicalities, Nick, uh, the rules does state that you can participate if you are late to the call room, but uh, the officials will judge whether the, your reason is justifiable or not. So I think they they come to a decision that Ziad's lateness is is not justifiable under their terms. 
Okay, which all begs the question, right? What about the officials who were tasked with uh, managing Ziad? Where were they? Isn't it their responsibility to make sure he gets there on time? It is, but come uh, to talk about it, Faisal, I saw a tweet from one of the athletes in the Paralympics. She stated that it's kind of a norm that athletes go late to the call room. And according to her tweet, uh, most of the athletes that came late also won medals. So I don't know, maybe it's it's a rule, but it's not practiced well during the Paralympics. And uh, that I'm not sure. So basically, so all going by that, to bad luck. <laughs> Bad, Bad luck, luck and also I I guess it's a case of you know you who the, the official is on the day, you know, if the official wants to be strict about it, then Kanala. We had our appeal rejected. Um, we are going to lodge an official protest uh, after the game, so there is still a chance um that Ziad could have the medal and record back. Well, I mean, we we'd love to get the medal back, but seeing as how the first appeal was rejected, it, it's it's hard to see how the second one would succeed. La. That's my opinion. If we do get the medal back, I think the hype has gone, you know. It would have been much more sweeter if Ziad participated and just did it the first time. You get what I mean? The adrenaline rush, the, the feeling, the moment. So I think that moment has passed. Of course, Ziad would love to have that medal, but I think it's, he has a very, very, very slim chance of having it. Uh, Malaysia did manage to win a few medals at the uh, Paralympics. Bonnie Bunyao Gustin in powerlifting, he won the gold medal. And um, also in powerlifting, there was a silver as well. Bonnie, he is a powerhouse, isn't he? Yes, he is. And the good thing about it is he's, he is still young. He's only 22, I think. Um, he has a bright future ahead of him. He came to the, to the Games, I think, as one of the favourites to win gold. And he he delivered. Uh, he lifted 228 kilograms to break a new Paralympics record. The other Malaysian athlete, Jong Yi Ki, in the 102 kilograms category, I think he he got hyped due to Bonnie winning gold, so he did get silver himself. Yeah, it is quite an impressive uh, feat from from Bonnie in in particular. He's already he, Paralympic uh, Paralympic record. Sorry, you mentioned he broke. Uh, he's the existing. World record holder, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, and, and he tried to go for the world record in Tokyo, but uh, he, he couldn't make it. So yeah, you know, for a 22-year-old, he's the, the Paralympic champion, the world record holder. I think a uh, very bright future ahead of him. And the third medal came from Boccia. The athlete, uh, Chu Weilun, he was impressive. He defeated people way further up than him in the rankings, only to uh, not make it in the, in the last hurdle. Um, but then he was taking on the defending champion and the best player in that sport. He did. Um, it was amazing. Weilun's performance was amazing. He notched up six straight wins from the group, group stages to the finals. Uh, he defeated the number two player in the world. Was I think it was from Thailand. I think three or four matches that he won, he came back from a losing situation. And I think his target was just to make it to the quarterfinals. It's his first appearance in the Paralympics. Uh, he made it to the finals. He just barely lost to the defending champion. The 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 great thing about Weilun is on his post medal winning interview, he was so straightforward. Uh, there were questions about how are you feeling. Uh, what was it like going against the number one player in the world? And it was like, <laughs> I love that so much. That's a Kimi Raikkonen kind of answer. <laughs> exactly. And I think one of the reporters did ask, what are you going to buy with the money that you will receive, right? Around 300,000 ringgit. 
And he was like, uh, tak tahu lagi, I pun belum dapat duit tu. <laughs> Straight you to the point. Exactly. Yes. I love him so much. Okay, moving on from the uh, Paralympics, um, the next big thing, Cristiano Ronaldo. Not only did he rejoin Manchester United, he is now the uh, player with the most international goals in history. Typical of Ronaldo, he says it's not enough. Uh, he's not satisfied with just breaking the record. He wants to score more and more and more and more. And you wouldn't put it past him because he's still you know, in, in that position where he can score more and more and more. And we mentioned this because he equaled Ali Dai's record uh, at Euros, right? And when we were talking about it, you know, covering the Euros. And we were saying that it's only, it, it's a matter of when and not if this will happen. And well, here we are, it happened. 111 goals, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But but I don't know, for me, yes, you, acknowledge, you have to acknowledge that it's an incredible achievement, fully deserving of all the headlines and everything. It was one of those things that we just knew would happen. I don't know, for me, it's a little bit of a, a anti-climatic thing. It's like, yeah, we knew it. So <laughs> it's it's a case of we, we need to see now how much further he can go. Not so much the fact that he broke the record, but we, we want to see how much by by how much he's going to break the record. I think it's the met it's the manner how he broke the record, Nick. Because they were down one nil against Republic of Ireland, and he missed the penalty early in the game. In the 89th minute, he equalized, and in the 95th or 96th minute, he scored the winning goal. So it was a pretty sweet moment. If if you're a Portuguese fan, I guess even and- for neutrals, I think watching it. <laughs> Yes, unfortunately, yeah. we did not. Even cause... for Ireland fans, lah. <laughs> for Ireland, yeah, you have to admit it. If you're going to break a record, that's how you do it, lah. So it was, it's, it was a great moment, and I think it's going to be a different thing when he's playing for United because of his age. He's still good, but we can't deny that he's 36, and there's so much that a 36-year-old player can do on a pitch, right? Because he's always been the main main dog on the pitch for each team he played. Uh, but I think it's going to be really different for Ronaldo when he's playing for United because although he is still in great shape, he's still in great form, but we can't deny that he is 36 years old. And besides Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I barely remember any 36-year-old players who can still deliver in the Premier League. Yeah, but also having said that, at 36, you have to acknowledge that he's one of the better, if not one of the best Headers of the ball. Like both of his goals were, were against Ireland were headers, right? Yes, it was. And it's amazing that at 36, he's still like out jumping people, out hitting people, doing better than 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 center forwards, you know? That is true, Nick. But when was the last time that you see Manchester United play crosses into the box? Well, That's, that is true as well. That is the main problem now. And the fact that he missed the penalty coupled with some of the 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 quite horrendous free kicks uh, that, that he attempted at Euro 2020. I think his his dead ball skills have somewhat eluded him by this point. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Bruno Fernandes will take, uh, will yeah. take all of the... Give the penalties to Bruno. <laughs> Give the free kicks to Bruno. Now that you guys have mentioned United, right? I want to get your opinion on it being United fans, both of you. Yeah, it's well and good for the fans, but it can be argued that, um, in a sense, it's merely papering over the cracks, covering up inherent weaknesses in the current United squad. Um, Do you think they will win anything with uh, Ronaldo and the team? 
I think they can win, but it wouldn't be because of Ronaldo. Like you said, you know, he he, he it's merely papering the cracks. Like Karam said, he's already 36. There's only so much he can do. So it's it's he's not the solution to United's problems, but I think he will contribute a little bit. His presence there will definitely help, but I don't think he is going to be like the savior who's going to come and carry the team on his shoulders. Lah. I agree with Nick because with Ronaldo's, you know, there's going to be goals. United will have at least 20 to 30 more goals this season due to Ronaldo. That itself will help the team to do better, I think, as uh, compared to last season. United drew a lot of matches, tons of matches that they drew. They can't penetrate the opponent's defense. Uh, so I think with the inclusion of Ronaldo, he will help in that manner just to score a little bit more goals, just to contribute more goals to help United win a few matches or maybe, hopefully, one or two cups. Before we wrap things up, just a brief mention on the uh, Belgian Formula 1 GP. It got rained out. Only two laps were managed behind the safety car. It reminded me of something similar that happened in Malaysia, right? Uh, an entire race was washed out. I was there. I was there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we are both old enough to to have been there and to have remembered what happened. Yeah, the conditions in Sepang. Okay, I can't I can't speak for what happened in Belgium, but the conditions in Sepang were horrendous. No racing of any sort should have even taken place there. So if the situation was the same in Belgium last weekend, then I think it's an absolute farce that they went ahead with just two laps of the race behind the safety car at that. So yeah, I, I, I agree with Lewis Hamilton. He thinks it's rubbish. I think it's rubbish as well that they went ahead with it. Lastly, right, let's just pay tribute to Kimi Raikkonen, the Iceman. He's announcing his retirement at the end of the year. We've all had a chance to interview him over the past two decades. I remember him as a rookie in Sauber. I was tasked with interviewing him. I was asking him questions and his accent was so what, and, uh, do, you, what was, do you want me to answer? And he was mumbling. We could not use any of his snippets at all. But that's kind of become his trademark over the years, right? His 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 style of you know just being blunt and mumbling half the time. Funnily enough, it's one of the reasons why everyone loves him so much. Yeah, his uh, mid-race conversations with his engineers are stuff of legends. Don't tell me Leave what me. to do. <laughs> Leave me <laughs> alone. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I saw this article about him saying that F1 was never his life. So what was that all about? He's from Finland. I assume uh, he's more into rallying. Which he did for two years or two, two or one or two years, right? Well, not too shabby for a rally fan to win the world championship in F1, right? Yeah, but, but then again, these, these Finns have, uh, I don't know, motor, motor, <laughs> we say like ice water running in their veins, they have motor oil running in their veins. <laughs> With that, uh, we are out of time. It's been great talking to you guys as always. I have been Faisal American. And I am Karami Kamil. And I am Nicholas Jot. Be sure to tune in to um, the international matches that are still ongoing. Catch them on Astro as well as uh, the remainder of the Paralympics. The closing ceremony is happening this weekend. Goodbye for now. 